Y'all, we live in difficult times. There's war, political unrest, the pandemic, poverty, families being torn, communities ripped by gun violence and people dying every day. Police, injustice, it's all bringing so much pain. But y'all, we can look inside our minds and we can understand who we are, become better, and do this thing like we've never done it before. But it all starts with our mental health and I know we can do it. I believe in you because I believe in me and I believe in us. Hello, hello, and thank you for joining us again for another episode of Therapy is Life, where thinking, feeling, and experiencing well-being is what we do. Today, we're going to continue our discussion on relationships, and we're going to talk about those four horsemen, the Gottman four horsemen. So, we're going to start with the first one being criticism. Delilah, what's your thoughts on criticism? Well, usually when couples come, or most people initially they'll it'll be constant criticism you know talking about them blame putting blame on them not saying anything that's positive productive or successful uh and criticism can really affect you in some way because it affects the self-esteem it can really take you down you know and you really begin to doubt and question your your whole life it's a part of the uh, apocalypse which is the four horsemen coming from the revelations, you know, like this is the ending. And those four predictions by Gottman are, four, are the four predictions of divorce. Mm. And just as you just did predictions of divorce. Yeah, they, and people can see it on YouTube. Right, And it's right. under Anderson Cooper and Gottman. It's profound. Mm. It's something you want to look at visually mm. because it talks about how this woman says there was so much of the... Uh, for critical pieces that it affected her health, her health. Mm. And culturally, because she lived, I think, in Switzerland, they had what they call the men's separate quarters, like a little house, mm-hmm. you know, and she was saying how much all that affected her. Yeah. So anyway, it's interesting, but that's the first one. So, so we think about criticism. Criti- criticism. Yeah, you know what? Oftentimes, um, I read a book, and it talks about the seven principles. Uh, talks about the seven principles of you know uh, having a marriage, and um, and it got into emotional intelligence. And one of the things to talk about with criticism is that the seven principles of making marriage work um, is that when there's constant criticism, that it's often based on this for forgetting anything that was good in the experience. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Forgetting that there was anything good like well did you ever have a, mm-hmm. a time when things was good did you ever have a a, 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 pl- a place in your life that you actually liked this person mm-hmm. what was that what was that like, what, what was that like? yeah yeah because I say also and ask the question you've been here now for 45 minutes is, is it anything that you can say positive or nice about each other I've listened to you so we got to live. Uh, we got to leave on a more positive note. And I have we usually have couples hug each other before they leave. 
And I said, now look, if you don't hug each other right, you can just stay here with me for a while. So, because what happens when they're angry or feeling that they've been criticized so much, you know how you're married now, but you take your waist and your buttocks and stick it out. I'm just going to tell it like it is. I'm like, that doesn't pass. I'm sorry. <laughs> they give you the church hug. Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, church hug. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's just fun. They laugh. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that that is funny. So if we're always criticizing our partner, yes, then eventually they're going to be tired mm-hmm. of us. Um, complaining about things. Let me ask y'all this. Do you think a lot of criticism is based on our expectations, unrealistic expectations about people doing things? Yes. Expectation we, is the root of all heartbreak. Mm, use that expectation is the root of all heartbreak. Yes. We have expectations on how things should be. And this image of what a relationship should look like and what someone should be doing, um, we have this mental idea, fairy tale of all these expectations. And then when someone does not own up to those expectations, we get upset. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we're instead of being upset with ourselves, we're upset with them. Exactly. That's it, not fair. Exactly. I think the other, yeah, that's beautiful the way you said that. Because I think what happens is, uh, you know, we're, we're sort of taught and we look at these uh, movies and we, you know, on TV and different places and we feel our life should go exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Now, my girlfriend used to write for Essence because she made her transition. But what she told me once um, when I happened to run into her, she said, uh, oh, I was in this relationship and I was feeling very depressed about it and you know, just didn't know what to do. And she said, if you lower your expectations, mm-hmm. she said, and call them uh, um, security or, or fringe benefits. Mm. When people give you something instead of expectations, just mm. try to see it as a fringe benefit. Mm. And if you change that perception like that, you'll feel better. Mm, that, and that helped me years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I, I love that. I love that. That's a fringe benefit. You know, I, I like to believe that we are the potatoes and the, the people that come in our life is the gravy. Oh, wow. So if that's the potatoes good, yes, I'm are not potato. good. I just want visual. the gravy on top. Yeah, I'm that's a whole a potato. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm already whole. Yeah, I want to Because you know. Yeah, because you, you know if the, if the potatoes ain't good, I don't care what kind of gravy right. you put on top. Of it, <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. That's right. Yeah, yes. it ain't going to be good. <laughs> like, you got you to gotta, the potatoes got to be right, man. Right. That, the potatoes all dried out. Right. You try to throw some gravy on there. <laughs> It still ain't right. You end up throwing the whole thing away. Like, gotta, you got you gotta have you know. Right. But but I, but I think this 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 criticism also speaks to and and, and, and we're moving to the next one because I think it also speaks to this the, the uh, feeling of contempt that we might have is that we have these expectations so we meet someone and and we see them where they are at the time and and we have this carthesis or this physical. Uh, as they would say, psychoanalytically, this physical and emotional attraction to them, and we confuse that with love. And so then we begin to rationalize uh, our relationship with these people, and, and we create these hopes and expectations. And then 
then we think it's going to cover up for everything that's wrong with us. And then we get in this place and it don't happen. We have criticism. Then it becomes contempt. Yeah. And, and, and of the four horsemen, right? Mm-hmm. That is the most powerful one. It is. It is. It is. Can, can you want to speak yeah, to that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, that takes you to a whole other place. <laughs> because, you know, uh, it, it, you're mocking the person. You're making fun of them. Not only that, you know, no matter what they do, it's, you know, it's just not right. You know, it just takes you to another place. And that's the one that emotionally it affects us physically. Mm. The contempt, because it can be just very negative, you know, over and over. You know, you're not doing anything good. You know, I don't even know why I married you. You don't oh look great. Gosh. Yeah, all of those negative things. And it can. It's, it's really deep. It's really, really so a part it, of it. Yeah, this, this strong dislike. Yeah. And, 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 um, and, and so you don't, you don't like this person anymore. You don't want to hear nothing they have to say. Exactly. You don't care. So much, but but then so now you want to come to a therapy session and now we're gonna heal this concept. Really? After you've already lost respect. Yeah, because they're saying you they're imitating you. Oh, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be all right, it's gonna work out. That's what you know, they just on you all the time. And 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 you know, and when and when they're there, they come into therapy sessions, they're every intervention or idea you come up with oh they're they're focusing on mm-hmm. the reason why it won't work because yeah. he'll do this or she'll do this exactly. so y'all talk about the intervention but it's not gonna work because he's not gonna listen or she's not gonna yeah. follow through or uh you know no willingness uh, no willingness they're talking, no openness yeah. they're talking for each other yeah they're talking for yeah, each other yeah, it's no, like you know he's not she's not yeah and and you're trying to keep your smile therapist face on and say, you know what, guys, we got to try to try to find yes, try to all find those things here. are based on past experiences. That's yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Yes. When they come into therapy, a lot of times mm-hmm. we have to remind them that whatever happened already is outside that door. When you come in these four walls, we're only here in the present. There's more mm-hmm. power in the present moment. Yes. We don't want to think about, you know, what they did prior to coming into these four walls. They're yeah. here to heal and to fix this and intervene in the present moment. Man, I, I, That's I, why I, it's called the present. It's a man, gift. It's a gift. Yeah, the present. Yeah. It's a gift. Give me this yeah. gift, this moment. Yeah. Sitting down, yeah. sitting down here with my girl Delilah and Aisha, and that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> talking some relationships. And you know, the other day I was I had my triumphant t-shirt on okay. and I was speaking to I think I was on TikTok and I was speaking to Faye and how it was the it was it provided the materials for success. And and I think to add to your point, I think when people can look at their past, analyze it, and then say, moving forward, what we can do to fix things mm-hmm. versus using it as, oh, this will never work because you did this, you did that. Yeah. You know, I think we can be, like, constructive. If I really want to work this out, okay, I can try to do this differently. Mm-hmm. You can try. I believe that you'll try to do this differently. Why are you going to spend an hour a week or more. Talking about what already happened. Yeah. We can't change the past. Why are we talking yeah. about what this person already did to you? Yeah. When are we going? Yes, I'm not trying to invalidate. Yes, we're going to talk about things like that in the beginning. And as we talked about last episode, um, a lot of that peace and that foundation is individual work. But when couples come into therapy, they're looking at the future. What is our remedy? How do we get past this hump? Sometimes couples do not get over the hump. But if we can identify what do we need to do to try to at least start climbing 
You know, yeah, let's start climbing forward. and moving forward so we can mm-hmm. get over this, yeah. not dwell and stay there. We yeah. can't stay there. Yeah. yeah. Because if, go ahead. My, one of my questions is, uh, I said this takes a second, so you got a piece of paper and you have a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Now, on a scale from zero to 100, quickly write this out. What percentage do you want to stay in the marriage right now, today? In mm. this moment. Yeah, exactly. And some of them will put, like the other day, the girl put 50 and the fella put 100. Mm. So, okay, and I, then I, I talk about it from there. What does this mean, 50%? You know, what is the difference? What makes up the difference? Mm. You know, now next week you might feel different. Mm. And I usually do that as a rhythm. And so about after a couple of months, one of the couples said to me, please, we're not going to do this zero to 100 anymore because we're going to stay together. You know? And I thought that was so good. Yeah, that was, that was good. Because it's accountability. It's accountability, yeah. <laughs> and, and you're willing to do the work. And, and so they've moved from a place mm-hmm. of contempt. You know, I remember recently working with a couple, and I was about to just say, no, I can't do this. And because, <laughs> in the, speaking to your point, you know, the, the young lady had her issues, had her concerns, and... um you know, but she wanted to work and it felt like the man in this situation was kind of all super laser affair. Well, I'll just kind of see, just see where this goes and whatever. And he was so evasive. But as I began to work with him more, I realized that he didn't really take accountability for anything that happened oh, in his life on a personal level. And so he was just reacting mm-hmm. to whatever experience. And he had all these contemptuous feelings, not just about this woman, but every woman in his life. Yeah. So, like, you know what? If we're gonna do this, we're gonna have to. We got. We got to come up out of this. You have to do some individual. You have to work on this because you got all this, all this stuff, right? And you need to feel empowered in the present to change some things in your life. Exactly. Yeah, he had too much baggage. Mm-hmm. Way too much baggage. Yeah. Gonna like Erica Badu would say, "You're gonna hurt your back." <laughs> His own baggage. Oh, wow. Yeah, hurt that. Just so much baggage mm-hmm. gonna hurt your back and. And you know what? And a lot of times as a therapist, when you're challenging people to move from these contemptuous places and, and being bitter and frustrated, you know, you, you might feel a little bit like you are, you know, you're trying to be empathetic, but you realize that this is a hurtful place and you need to get up and move because you stay right here. It's just like a cancer. It's just going to eat away at you and, 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 and wow. you're not going to have any peace, not just in this relationship, but everything in life. In, in life. Because, you know, a lot of us, when, when, we, when we get to that contemptuous place, we feel that, hey, if we just move on and get another relationship, then we'll be good. But what happens is, no, we carry that mess. Right. Say that. We that carry it too. to the next thing. Not only that, that's true. You are dealing with the same situation, the same things that come up, but a different face. That's different face, exactly. Yeah, it might take a year for that to show up. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it's a different face. Yeah, so, and I know we're not really talking about this right now, but I, I'll say this way. I oftentimes tell people, the, one of the biggest reasons why we rebound is because we're only trying to avoid what we didn't like about the past. Ooh, say that. But we, didn't, we don't pay attention to the person enough to see whatever else might be going on with them. Yeah. And so then we realize, like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. Now we're in the same situation. Exactly. Yeah. Repetitive experiences. Yeah. That's why we have repetitive experiences because we haven't acquired or learned. Gotta learn. Yeah, or checked it out even. Yeah, the lesson and then is we put keep coming no, until you learn it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. We put no uh, closure on relationships. Mm. Matter of fact, we don't even pause. 
Mm. You know, we don't pause for a lot of things. Mm. You move from one job to the other. You know, you, you do one relationship to the other. There, you know, as I said to someone the other day, years ago, like I'm 80 now, but we had, it was a commercial mm -hmm. that Pepsi used to do. Okay. And it was called The Pause That Refreshes. Okay. You know, and it, that's what we need to do. Take time. To refresh. You know, we don't even chill out. We got to have the phone going, the TV going, the radio going. We're afraid to even be quiet. We don't know what this house is like. But you can step in here when you initially get the therapy and you don't have a floor. Right, because right. Because you've never taken the time. <laughs> right. To, yeah, to Absolutely. learn about me. Yeah, right, right. Oh, you and know. So, and so, exactly. And so, <laughs> so whether we stay in a relationship or not, we still need to deal with those contemptuous feelings because if we get to that place, where we not liking and and we see we have all the resentment about our relationships and our experience with people that's just not going to be cured by some new mm -hmm. experience so we have to address it either way absolutely beyond couples therapy yeah beyond couples therapy i like that term but, yes. but beyond, beyond couple the relationship um flourishes you're able to continue to be together perfect still do that work if the relationship mm -hmm. ends you still got to do that work. work. So yeah. you're not carrying Ooh, anything that. extra to the next place. Yeah. And like Delilah was saying, um, relationships, but whether it's intimate relationships, it's your relationships within your family, the job, the community, it's how we yourself. interact with everybody yeah. as a whole. We have to do the work to make sure that all aspects are healthy. Exactly. Because... Because we talked about relationships at the very beginning. We talked about how relationships was the most important factor in our overall health. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot of people out here who have heart disease, blood pressure issues, have all kinds of somatic digestive issues, um, have um, what you call it, that stuff, acid reflux, yes. all these different issues Ooh, because of their stress. relationship issues, because yeah. of stress, because of relationship and issues. And emotions. And emotions, You got to yes. put that in there. Yeah, so... So we, we have to understand that. And, and so moving on to the, the next component of it, stonewalling. And, and, I, and I, when I first heard about stonewalling, I understood it to be more something that men will do. Women will do well, it Well, that's true. If you listen to the tape, mm -hmm. Gottman and, and Anderson Cooper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the tape is short. Mm -hmm. But I would recommend everyone that listens to check it out on YouTube. Gotcha, gotcha. So Stonewalling, mm -hmm. yeah. They, it says that what, I don't know if it said 80%, but the majority are men. Mm. But basically what it is, is when you, somebody's talking with you, you ignore them. You don't say anything. You just shut down. You just close out. Right, right, you know, right. It's, it's like, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm. you know, the whole body language and everything comes into it. You're silent. Right. And, and so your partner... Uh, sees this and what they are concerned about at that point is they're not being heard so now they get louder they get they get they get more boisterous <laughs> because good. they want to fix a problem but you're not talking you're not seeing them you're not, not hearing them not. they're not feeling hurt right so exactly. they got to get louder they got to put on a performance exactly exactly <laughs> All right. dramatic oh, yeah, yeah yeah so then you saying i don't know why they acting like this i don't know why they're going off like this <laughs> Attention. but but 
But they do, yeah, for attention. But in reality, because you're not listening, you're not exactly. responding, you're not connecting, you're not mm-hmm. trying. Um, you're just you're just avoiding, <laughs> avoiding the problem. And then it, and then the more they fuss, it just reinforces your idea of stonewalling, and it just goes in this vicious circle. Yeah, you got me going in circles, <laughs> dun 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 dun, right. <laughs> round and round I go. And that's what it is. A miracle round. Uh, that you need to get off, but you're still staying on. And one person gets off, and the other one stays on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what would you tell somebody who knows, who can honest with themselves? Because one of the things about therapy, we got to be honest with ourselves. Yes. Who likes the stonewall? What do, what, what do you say to them? Well, I basically, my first question would, I always sort of go back to what I call the root cause. Mm-hmm. And I was asking, him, were you allowed, you know, to express yourself, to say anything? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, because a lot of times we think it's the personality, but it could be their circumstances. Right, right, right. You know, it doesn't have to be their personality. And I'd ask them to reverse the situation and maybe even do a role play. Right, right, and, right. And how would you feel if that was you, you know, yeah, gotcha. happening to you, Good. I would do something maybe along that line. Gotcha. You know, yeah. you make you make an interesting point, and we did um, some podcasts on uh, the black church and mental health. And one of the things we talked about in the second one was we talked about black men in particular that grew up in the church is that oftentimes we're not taught to express our feelings and emotions and in a church environment, and don't cry. Yeah. Don't cry. And, and <laughs> you know, you, 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 you become a, a man of God or whatever you become is, you know, those feelings, you don't really identify and talk about them. And, and so if you don't develop the nomenclature for expressing your, your yeah. deepest feelings, say that, then, then it's hard when somebody has a problem because if you think you should be a provider, you should be able to do all the, all these shoulds, then like, you know what? You know what? You know what? It's I, I told you already. It's gonna be all right. You know, yeah, boom. It I, I it, it ain't all right. Duh, duh, duh. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know what else to tell you. And then if I was a child, I wasn't allowed at any point to really have a rapport with my parents and go. talk about my feelings and emotions. You know what? I thought it was just something my parents did. And now I'm being subjective here, but I remember being a kid and being at home and we could, they would, we would have these times where my parents would say, so, uh, allow us to tell, uh, tell them if we hurt, if they hurt our feelings and why. Oh okay. yeah. That's something that's not, uh, like you said, it's not normalized. Yeah. It's not normalized. Yeah. Right. And so growing up in that environment, uh, I think it helped, you know, cultivated an, an experience exactly. where you could express your feelings express, and, and your yeah. opinions and, and ideas. Other people can come to you and express and you are able to receive at an early age. You were taught mm-hmm. how to do that. And you were given that safe space mm-hmm. to be exactly. able to do that. Right. And, you know, when we think about normal, you know, um, a higher rate of children who did not have that opportunity. Right. So who did not have a voice. And now we grow up to be adults and someone is coming, you know, they come into us. I'm, I'm saying us as an example, but mm-hmm. you, yeah. you're in a relationship and someone comes to you and they're ready to express, but you don't know how to receive. So right, what do right. we do? We shut down. Mm-hmm. Those walls go up because we got, Stone I don't know wall. what to do with this. Right, yeah. right. And it's not intentional. You know, stonewalling doesn't sound like it's something intentional where you're just being like, oh, I'm just going to be mean to this exactly. person. Ignore right. them. That's it's what... I don't know what to do. Right, so I right. shut down because you're throwing all this stuff at me and I'm trying to reassure you, 
to the best of my own ability. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's all they know how to do. Yeah, exactly. Because if you was a child and say, for instance, you had an abusive dad or mother mm-hmm. or, or, or a parent or whatever, and they would fuss, fuss and go off and throw things and, and, and do whatever. Maybe they had drug issues. You might learn at some point that we best for you to shut down and not do anything or say anything yeah. as a way to survive it. Yeah. So after doing that for years and years and years, your brain get coded to that. Mm-hmm. And so when people come to you with a problem, that is your, that's the place you go back to. Yeah, because it's safe there. Yeah, and that's who makes you who you are today as a therapist, just the way the environment. Yeah. Your mom, you know, related and your dad talked to you. Yeah, so I, and I thought that was just something they was doing, but you know, it, exactly. And, and, and here it was, and I think about it now. No, that was a very sound clinical practice. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know what? You know, and a lot of times when I think about clinical things, I believe that oftentimes what it is is really um, things that we would have liked to experience or should experience in life, and we're trying to help people find ways to get to those those simple things. Yes, and I think too, yeah, that ties in with the relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the substance of the reason why people argue and have difficulty with communications, relating to each other, touching each other, having sex or whatever, is because they're working through old childhood wounds. Mm -hmm. They come in wounded. Mm -hmm. And and over and over and over and over, they're fussing. But a lot of times you're working through your stuff. You don't know it. Right, you're working through your stuff. You know, exactly. Yeah. So stonewalling might be a way to kind of cope and, exactly. and, 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 and try to survive through, you know, things that have happened to you and trying to hear where you are today. So going back to the garbage can, things, can, I, can I see this situation objectively and feel safe so I can express myself and understand that it doesn't mean it doesn't, I'm not threatened in this space? You know, no, it, it's okay, but when people have been yeah. at Stonewall, because like she was, nice was saying, mm-hmm. it's some fear there that, you know. Absolutely. And I think it's important, you know, as we're using terminology for people to actually um, understand the other person's point of view, because initially, if you're not familiar with stonewalling and you're not understanding um, how the person gets to that point in about childhood trauma and what they're experiencing, you may immediately feel ignored. You know, exactly. we, we get offended because we're like, what? You're not responding the way that I want you to respond. Mm-hmm. You're not giving me what I need. There's no security. There's no um, affirmation, confirmation that these bills going to get paid, that you're listening to me. I don't feel assured. And that other mm-hmm. person can't give you something that they don't have. They don't mm-hmm. know how to give Say it that. to themselves. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. you're expecting Ooh. something from them and they're yeah. like, I don't even know how to give it to you. Mm. I said everything gonna be okay. I don't know what else you want me to do. Mm. And they yeah. perceive that as you don't care, you're not listening to me, you know, all of those things. But it's very important for people to definitely understand stonewalling. Yes. They're not doing it on yes. purpose. That is just what they're capable of. Right. Yeah, that's that's all they know. You know, yeah. sometimes I, I try to uh, use the introvert versus extrovert. Uh, thing there to help people because introverts need more time to process before they express they in, you know extroverts are more like boom what you gonna put yeah. value to you yeah. right and they may, tell me now what you think what, right. what's going on well, right. yeah yeah right. and, and they might not even <laughs> thought about it and, and, and right. so they might say things and later be like oh you know what i shouldn't have said that yeah. well uh, an introvert is going to take more time to process and so 
understanding those differences could be really critical in trying to solve problems. Yeah. Which, which leads to our last one, defensiveness. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, defensiveness is what it says. It's like an invisible fence that comes down. Mm-hmm. And we don't want anyone to know that we're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, no matter what you say, I'm taking up for myself. You know, and I feel that what you say, you know, it didn't go that way. It went the way that I want to tell you. You know, I'm defending who I am. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you, you defending it. So you say you say mean things, hurtful things. Um, you um, you distance yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that. I and in, in these situations, you might not do nice things or provide words of affirmation. Yeah. <laughs> or you might yeah. not give quality time. Physical yeah, touch is gone. So, you know, so all these things will be absent because you know what I, you know, I, I, I'm gonna show you. Because, because the thing about defensiveness is not just that you're defensive, but you're trying to hurt the other person, take something away from them, make them feel a certain kind of way because you feel a certain kind of way, right? Yeah, and you don't want to be responsible for your behavior mainly. Yeah, that's why people become defensive. Yeah, yeah. of course, because yeah. I don't want to receive. Mm-hmm. I got to yeah. put up this wall because I don't even want to receive because then I'm going to have to look at myself and know that I got some work to do. But if I'm defensive, I can just constantly reject mm-hmm. everything. I can mm-hmm. just throw it back on to you. Yeah, and that's an excellent word. I love that word, receive. Mm-hmm. Because and usually, this is a gender statement. When people want to support, a lot of times women like to say, oh, I need to see you. I'm going to come and pick you up. They'll say, oh, don't worry. I'm going to drive. You know, mm-hmm. or you will need help financially, and you'll say, "You just, you know, take take this." Oh no, I don't need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a lot of times we are not open. Mm-hmm. You know, we postpone our good for everything and everybody, and a lot of times we're just not open to receive, yeah. and you not only that because you don't know how to receive. receive. Yeah, there was a book years ago, and it was called "How Can You Love Someone If You've Never Been Loved." Mm. Yeah, Betty Freedom. Yeah, you know, and that, and that's and that that that's very powerful because when you think about it, um, having a a knowing how to take care of yourself, I think gives you the blueprint to knowing how to take care of someone else. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there when you go. and when you don't when you don't have a good foundation in that, mm-hmm. if you never trusted, you never you never could trust or depend on anyone. You don't learn to trust and depend on yourself. So now you have this insecure attachment with someone else based on those same ideas. And so it creates so much confusion and flux in how we might respond and react. You know, um, have you had clients that have told you talking about that, that, um, how should I say this, that they, they felt uncomfortable with good experiences in relationships and they didn't know why, you know, when things happen good, they didn't know mm-hmm. how to deal with yeah, it. Yeah. Sabotage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they waiting for something bad to happen. Waiting for, yeah. Yeah. This is a sabotage situation. Last? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not used to the good or able to receive, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's what happens most of the time. Yeah. So it's like, I've never had this yeah. or it's not going to work or, Wow, this can only happen to me for a few days. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was at the um, hair salon a long time ago, and this girl was on the phone. And she got off and she said, oh, I can't deal with him mm. because he's not 
abusive enough to me. Mm. He doesn't hit me. He doesn't talk about me. She said, I know that's not going to work. Mm. And she said it out loud where everyone could hear. I was like, whoa. Wow, that's, that's powerful. That's powerful. That's powerful. You know, one more, that's powerful. One more thing I'll say about defensiveness, which, um, which I think is critical, um, to emphasize this. When we are defensive, it, it makes it very hard for us to hear. So we're projecting, we're minimizing, we're avoiding. Minimizing. So, so we don't really hear what's being said. In many cases, what's being said might be beneficial to us, mm-hmm. might help us, might be progressive in some way. But we're so busy yeah. fighting this fight about what was said that we really don't hear it. Mm-hmm. Say that. Yeah, we really don't hear it. And things could be better, but we self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. Because we're uncomfortable with being in that place. So we're hearing somebody telling us, oh, telling me that, you know, I, I'm not, I'm no good. Um, I, I, I'm inadequate. I'm not lovable. Versus somebody coming up with a plan to help us grow yes. and evolve in yes. some way. Mm-hmm. We don't hear it that way. And that's what defense, that's one of the most, the worst things about defensiveness is it, it keeps us from hearing mm-hmm. progress. Oh, yeah. And see, sometimes the question is that I ask initially again. Is, are you ready for the change? Right. <laughs> are right. you ready for the change? Right. And that's why I think people that stay in that mode are not ready for the change. Right. And don't forget, sometimes it's difficult for people to change. Yes. Yeah. You don't it's like fear. change. If I change, I don't yeah. know what to expect. If I stay like this, I know what to expect. Exactly. And now you're fear. trying to ask me, am I ready to change to become better? Say that. What is better? What would that feel like? Mm-hmm. What what relationships will I have to lose? Yes. What pieces of myself would I have to lose? Yes. If you're asking me to change. Mm-hmm. I know you're saying it's better. But is it better if I don't have my best friend no more? Is it better if I'm not in this relationship or I can't hang out in those same places? So we have to give them the level of, you know, let's look at what life will be like for you if you make these changes. Mm, beautiful. What is in it for you? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. See, see that. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything else you guys like to add? Any closing points on this discussion? Be encouraged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, be encouraged. We, would it be fair to say that we need to be, uh, we need to be very self-aware when it comes to criticism? We need to be aware of ourselves and how we, how we criticize ourselves. Oh. We need to forgive ourselves. We need to be aware of how we criticize our partners, our friends, mm-hmm. and yes. be able to forgive them. We have to be willing to work through our contempt mm-hmm. and not just see it as, well, I'm, you know, not just being angry and upset. Either way, if we stay in a relationship, of, of, if we leave, yes. we need to work through those feelings because we're going to carry them with us no matter what. That's <laughs> no right. matter what. Stonewalling is a natural feeling that people have. I, I want to use the word natural, but it's something, it's a learned response mm-hmm. to life stressors. Yes. yes. And so we don't need to be defensive, as Naisha was saying, when somebody is um, of stonewalling. Mm-hmm. And of course, defensiveness, you know, we're putting up our guards, but we should understand that we're trying to solve a problem. We're trying to get better. So take down our guards so we can actually hear and we can actually grow and, and yes. do a little bit better. Oh, yeah. That sounds real good. Sounds good? Yes. All right. So if you have any thoughts, ideas, or opinions, please go down to the comment section. Add your thoughts, opinions, and ideas. Also, like us. And if you haven't, please subscribe. In our next episode, we'll be talking a little bit more closely about individual therapy and relationships. You have a nice one, and we'll talk to you soon.